0: What's up everybody? We are talking Marvel today. Got the Twitch chat live with me right now. And uh I'm doing this mainly because there has been so much information that has dropped since we've actually recorded our Marvel podcast that I'm actually doing a, another singular solo podcast right here where we're going to kind of dive into some more of the information that we've already known for a few weeks as well as today is the official day where we got the watch it played video, pre-orders went live. A bunch of cards basically got spoiled. A bunch of other things that we kind of now finally have real confirmation on how they work got spoiled. There's so much to discuss. I got the chat live with me here, so the chat's going to, you know, comment, ask questions as we go about doing this. Um, I do have a little bit of some insider scoop things I can kind of throw in here and there as we, uh, as we go through. And we got a little bit of new information that I just saw on Twitter that no one has actually talked about yet, um... So we will go we will go over that actually here in a little bit after we talk about some of the other stuff. So I'm actually gonna go ahead and pull up my screen right here. Um so yeah, Marvel Villainous. Marvel Villainous is a whole unique ordeal going on here. There is so much new stuff that's just being presented to us. There it's a whole whole new world of villainous, and I am incredibly excited. Like you know, I've been telling people, you know, Disney Villainous is a fantastic game, and it made me remember how much of a, of a Disney fan I am. Marvel is my bread and butter. It, ha- it always has been. Superheroes have always been kind of my stick in terms of my favorite me- media to look into. And I am just so excited to kind of sit and finally dive into all this, because I think for the since, since the original the original Villainous, Villainous dropped for Disney for myself, this has been super fantastic, because everything I'm seeing in all this set is everything I love. Like, everything. Like, there is not single one single thing yet that I'm really like, eh, I'm not sure about that, or eh, being um, I'm just trying to be a critical eye. Everything I've been seeing here is pr- almost perfect. Almost perfect, I would say. So, let's kind of jump into some of the stuff that I'm kind of noticing from the get-go. Um... So one of the things, and I'll actually, well, there's two things. So on the Amazon page, there was a bunch of images listed or shown of a bunch of different components of the game. Um, the one thing, the, the three domain boards that we have not really gotten to seen yet in full detail are Thanos's Ultron's and Hellas. We didn't know about their objectives because there was some promotional material, uh, material images that got released about two weeks ago. And, uh, so we know what their objectives are. So Thanos itself says collect the six infinity stones. That's what, what I presumed Ultron's is reveal age of Ultron, which will, which we will get to later. And uh Hellas is, have a combination of eight allies and soul marks and no opposing characters at Odin's vault. Also Lucho AB. Thanks for catching the stream. I appreciate the nice comment. Just want to let you know. Thank you. Um, so we know we now we we've known those besides what we saw, the press releases for Taskmaster and Killmonger. Um, but Thanos is actually really, really more complex than we think. And we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into that at a later date, but some things I want to point out, what is it? Um, is that Ultron's board right here. First thing I want to point out, and we'll actually get to see a little bit more of this later and something I'll show off is that Ultron does not have a normal three power gain spot. Um, most of the three power gain spots, including, and all of these villains realms that we've seen so far for, uh, Marvel have followed the kind of the traditional Disney villainous route where it's usually two play card actions, a gain three and something else. And it was like a move. A- it was like a move action or something along those lines, um, or discard. Ultron's does not have a play card at the bottom, which is super, super jank. Um, I actually cannot believe this is a thing, but we will see more later on why, uh, and there's a good reason for that with Ultron. Um, another thing, too, to point out is that Hella is the first character in all of Villainous to have two Vanquish actions in her board. Now, one of them is on the top portion right here, so it's not necessarily directly accessible, but you do, she does have two, so that makes her quite unique. So, I'm very excited about this. I think this opens up a lot of unique things that are going to be going out with these characters. And like I said, we're going to be showing off some stuff with Ultron later that I don't think anyone's seen yet that I think will spark a lot of people's interest. Um, really, really excited about that from a design standpoint. Um, not really much interesting with uh, Thanos' realm. We do know for a fact that the last location that's not shown in this image is nowhere. And it's actually set up very similar to Hellas Niflheim here. Um... I think it's super awesome. Um, and we'll go more over Thanos here in a little bit. The two vanquishes being on opposite sides of their respective play a card top-bottom-wise is very important, I say. I think so, too. Um, I definitely think there's probably a, a reason for that. And thematically, it makes sense with Niflheim and Hell being the locations. Yeah, we'll talk more about this, the, the sticking the allies out and everything. So... Um, let's go ahead and get to the next tab here I have pulled up. So this one's just kind of a giant thing of all the, of all the stuff. Um, one thing I kind of want to point out that's interesting is that if I go to, hold on. Is this one? No, I got this pulled up. The Taskmaster one actually looks different than what's on the box. Uh, the Taskmaster one's got a little bit more of his face sculpted into that 3D render model that they showed off there. But this one doesn't have it. Um, and it's not even on the front of the shield because we actually get to see more of the front of the shield and the Watch It Played video. And really all this is, it's just the shield with the Taskmaster, sh- um, or the Taskmaster sword in the back. And it's got the Taskmaster logo on the shield. So they've actually remodeled this one. It's not the exact copy, which is on the back of the box. And that's the official back of the box, so... Kind of interesting choice right there. Um, I actually think I kind of would have liked that one that they showed on the back of the box better, but there was probably a reason why they couldn't do it for the model. So, not that big of a deal, but, you know, hey, what can you do? So, um, some other cards I want to show off in here. I will actually try to zoom out on these so you guys don't have to see the fully zoomed out thing. Um, So, these are all specialty cards. Uh, This was another part of the promotional image stuff. Um... We got the Power Stone in the background. We got, like, Back from the Dead and this transformation. These are all specialties. For those of you who do not understand what the specialties are, specialties are a new card. Um, And we will I'll point this out better with some better domains when we see them later. But es- especially, es- essentially what specialties are, they are passive effects that get attached to the villain that, for all we know right now, cannot be, like, stopped. And these effects can basically happen on any turn. Um, as long as you are able to activate said effect. Some of them, the specialties actually have activate icons on them to activate the effect, but essentially you don't have to worry about an item maybe being discarded or removed or what have you or being a target of a fake card to have that be removed or affected by that. Um, These specialties are pretty nice. And something else to note is that when, if you've seen the domain boards, there is actually a slot for the specialties, And it goes beyond, and you're allowed to have as many specialties as you can fit over there. And by fit, I mean, you know, as many as you want. So there is no limit to the amount of specialties that a particular character can have, which is interesting. Although it's kind of interesting to also note that there's a lot of these that are actually tiles. And we will actually get to this when we get to the back of the box image. There are tons of tile cards in this game. And most of them, I do believe, they revolve around specialties, although we do know that Killmonger does have one that is particularly a rival. Um, So, we'll go ahead and jump on the next one. So, a little bit more of a uh, broader spectrum of everything being seen so far. We see the Power Vault, which is basically the new Cauldron. Um, what the, the strength... And I'm also going to call them uh, weakness tokens. Um, we got the Hella tokens, the new Power uh, tokens... And then we got all the Fate deck, or in the Villain deck and the Fate deck cards. And also, if you zoom in on these, those backs of those cards look sick. Um, They are very well designed, still very clean, you know, style. I I really dig this um, a lot. And also the quotes on the back of these, we get to actually see all of them here in a bit if you haven't got to see see them all, and these are all dope. These quotes are very comic book-esque, for sure. I really dig them. We'll also get to see more of the Power Stones. Uh, if you weren't able to actually get to read them all based off this uh, zoom-in right here, we'll actually be able to get to see what all the Power Stones do here later based off something I found on Twitter. So do all the villains have an extra specialty location or just Thanos? No, all of them do. Actually, we'll actually get to see this. Um, actually, I didn't pull up this image. But all of, the, all of the domain boards are actually bigger than the Disney Villainous ones. They're all bigger. They're uh, they, they are longer in that respect. Um, they basically have a lot more space on them. Uh, one of the things that you'll notice when you open up the boards, um, I wish I would have da- got this image, but essentially what has happened is that they've actually increased the amount of space for where the ally and item cards can go in the villain side. And then they've also increased the, the length of the boards to fit the domains to at least have one, or to have one specialty card be able to fully fit in the specialty slot but then they show off that you can extend it going further. Uh, so these are actually taller and longer in retrospect. Uh, if I if I get time here to pull up the image I want to see, and I might actually have to jump into Discord to do this really fast. So give me one, Um second. I'll actually pull this up. Give me one second. There is essentially an actual image that shows off the actual size of domain boards. I know, very good retrospect. I don't think the watch it played video actually did a very good job of showing this off. Um weirdly enough cuz you would think a video would actually show that off pretty significantly, but this didn't but this actually shows it off in the box really well. So give me 1 second I go pull that off. Oh, uh, where is it? Uh, here we go. So here's the review and this is what the inside of the box looks like. Um as you could see, that is a lot taller of a board and I think I'm um, I'm pretty sure the box is also a little bigger. Uh so there you go. It's a very, it's very tall. Um, all that stuff. It looks very similar in design, though, to the original Disney villainous. Um, the worst takes it all box. The original core set. So yeah, there's lots of um, lots of new stuff here um, going on as well. So now they don't show off what is at the bottom and how that looks in this right here. There's no more images, but um, yeah. So some interesting stuff going on here. Now, we won't go there yet. Um, not much new here too. We've already seen this. This is kind of just another showcase of what I was talking about with the models being different. Um, I think we get a little bit more of Killmonger's Realm if you haven't been able to completely pick that up yet. Um, so yeah, there's that as well. And here's a kind of cool showcase of everything going on. Some things I just want to point out, um, that I don't think have been fully realized are, um, what is it? Some of the hero cards. And also some of the Killmonger stuff here. Um, What is it? We got Captain Marvel. She is technically a common. She's in the Common Fate deck over here. Um, Adam Warlock, which is in Thanos' um, domain. And that's Gamora. I have no idea what Gamora's effect is. Um, Although, if you are able to zoom in a little more on Captain Marvel, you can at least tell that there's some text revolving around allies. The same thing with Gamora, I believe, a little bit. Um... There are also two other heroes as a part of Hellas that these are a part of. I do not know who those heroes are. As much as I know my Marvel lore, I don't know who those characters are. This is not Valkyrie, um, because Valkyrie actually gets shown off in the Watch It played video. And all these cards on uh, Killmonger's Realm on the hero side, we've already seen. And that's an explosive. That's the weapon's cache. And that is an ally that I don't know who that is. Um, So we'll have to kind of dive a little deeper into that. These are two cards that get revealed more in the watch and play video. so we'll kind of dive a little deeper into that. but uh it is looking pretty cool so far um, I'm really digging digging what I'm seeing. I think one of the biggest things I like what I'm seeing so far is the is the art I think the art direction in this game is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right, I got the watch and play v- uh, video pulled up. Now we're not gonna actually watch it all the way through. I just want to point out some things. That Rodney points out as the, the setup. So, talking point. Um, New thing. Villains no longer start on the very left location. They now start on their profile. As well as um, their profile um, is also where you as the player are supposed to be putting your power tokens. So, there's actually now a dedicated spot on your domain to be placing tokens um, for when you gain them. So this is a brand new thing. Uh, this is incredibly interesting to the fact that now, unlike a Disney villainous, when you only can have access to essentially three to two, lo- two locations and Marvel villainous, you have access to all four, which changes the game quite a bit where, you know, based off your opening hand, you have lots of different options to go and kind of mess around with stuff and see what you can do. Um, I think that's a really cool design. Where it kind of opens the the design and thinking space a lot more from the villain perspective, I think this is incredibly good, um, to say the least. So something else to go and point off. Um, so Rodney is showing this as a two player game when he's going through the video. Um, yeah, Queen of Hearts would love that. Yeah, she would. She would love to be able to discard. Um, one thing that Rodney points out that. I don't understand why any of the retail outlets can't just write a, a simple product description correctly, but each villain comes with 11 unique fate cards. There is a, there is a standard 15 card fate deck, um, that comes with the common heroes and that's shown by these arrows on the borders. And you know that it belongs to a particular villain when they have that particular villain's border style, as well as their icon in the bottom, right? Um, So these all basically act the same that we've uh, we've known and um, seen them, Um, and the thing too is that as you will see with these cards, uh, all these cards are very pretty generalized. Um, You so like even what this uh, what did it cost uh, effect card, it says the targeted villain must discard one card from their hand for each Infinity Stone they control, alter the total number of cards in their hand. So that can actually go against a player that's not Thanos now. Thanos, um, can have that affect him and obviously it's going to affect him more because he's the one that's collecting the infinity stones, but you know, other players can activate and use the infinity stones as well. Um, so this can also affect it. So if you're like a Thanos player and you might be playing out those infinity stones and as we'll talk about, uh, the infinity stones actually get placed with other players first, you can actually use that to your own benefit and play it on them, uh, which is really unique. Um something else to point out too. I got to give a huge shout out to the fact that She-Hulk is in this game and that art is awesome. Um, She-Hulk is a really cool character. I think, I honestly personally think she's a cooler character than Hulk himself. Um, it's really nice to see that her represented in this game. Uh, I've always found her a super cool character. Um, ever since the Marvel versus Capcom days, I've always thought that she was super awesome um, as a character in general. Um, something to point out. Um, no, no, that's not, that's not where I want to go. There we go. Go right there. So, event cards. Um, so, something to point out, too, that I and I'll actually show this off in the, the back-of-the-box image to show this a little bit better, but um, these event cards are part of the Fate deck initially. So, that 15 card of common Fate deck has events in it, and I believe there's only one event that's attached to... Each individual villain in their own fate decks. So I believe if these are all the events, one, two, three, four, five, six, that means there's only about four events total that are in the common fate deck. So that means there's there at the at the very most there's eleven heroes in the common fate deck, which I think would be pretty cool to have that many. Um, And it's based off of how many Avengers and also some other common heroes that we've already seen. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's pretty close to probably what's all in there, I think is really exciting. Um, we also got Nebula. Let me see if I can actually pull up Nebula a little better with some... Uh, hold on, we'll we'll go ahead and let Rodney do his thing. So, Nebula. When Nebula's play, the target of player loses power equal to the number of infinity stones they control. Place a number of plus one strength tokens on Nebula equal to that power. So, interesting. And something else I'll point out later, too, is that all of... Thanos' fake cards are surrounded by Guards of the Galaxy characters. So you got Nebula, Gamora, um, Drax is revealed later. So you can guarantee that you're at least going to see Star Lord, Groot, and Rocket, um, which is makes me incredibly excited. We already know Adam Warlock is in there. I hope to God that Nova is in that deck. Um, that would be awesome to have Nova. Uh, I'm a huge Nova fan. So because Nova is the true leader of the Guards of the Galaxy from the comic book lore. Um, Star Lord stole that when Guardians of the Galaxy decided to make a lot of money. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, let's jump in a little bit more. Um, so here you go. Um, cool art inside these things. Um, inside these villain guides, the print on them looks a lot better than what if um, what was on the the Disney villainous uh, villain guides, which I think is super dope. Um, and it's kind of cool too because the the Infinity Stones literally are only used with Thanos, but they are literally used how I thought they were intended to be used. Where essentially, um, they are all, um, they are all in the middle and they get played to different villains and they can use them, which I think is super dope. Um, So yeah. Now, one thing that's interesting is that if you look, only the Power Stone has a cost, which I don't understand. And I'm looking at the villain guide right now. All of them... So You must relocate. Yeah, there's a, there's nothing yet explaining why the Power Stone has a cost. If a villain-specific event is drawn, I assume that villain is slightly handicapped for the time being. Don't know if I'm understanding that right. Lucho will get to more of that here in a minute. Um. Yeah, Sam, it says Thanos is my favorite one of them. Thanos literally made his, his gimmick even more interesting. I think the fact that the power stones are like a universally collected thing. And that the fact that he's going to give them to players, but then the players can still use them. And then Thanos actually has to go collect them from the player. I think is super interesting. Uh, I think that had made him a lot more interesting than he probably has any right to be. So now we got the full, we'll get the full look at the realms, right? Or realms Disney, everybody. Domains, as you can see, definitely taller. Um, there's a whole other section for the specialty slot over here. And like it's shown, it's meant to make it just like how the heroes and the al- and the allies and items portions of the domain are set up. This is meant to be extended out. Um, really not much too interesting going on in these domains that we haven't already seen. Um, personally, there's like... A, there are, there are setups here that we've kind of already seen. Um, it's, the, it's important to note this, though, um, with Thanos, and we'll talk more about this when we get more to how he operates later. Um, his move action is at the top at nowhere, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, very interesting. Also, the Vanquish action. And I actually did not realize that. But this is a kind of an interesting spot for all that to exist, personally. Um, but... Nothing too crazy, like, crazy, like, mind-boggling with what's being shown off in the domain so far that we've seen, minus the hell and the Ultron stuff. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, Rodney's doing his thing. Um, let's see if we go over here. So that's, uh... So he's just talking about the actions. Uh, nothing too crazy until he talks about, I believe, the fake cards. Yes. So, with the fake cards, um... What is it i think let's actually go here because uh, this one i think he actually talks about it um what's interesting about fading this time around that is unique which is we find out today was that when you fate the way that it works is that you first draw the card then you target the player that you want to actually place the fake card onto now i say one because you only reveal one card and it doesn't matter if that card is associated with you as the villain player um you can play that one even though it more detriment you to another person's domain um which i think is super awesome and interesting and it really opens up the floor for a lot of possibilities um so yeah to kind of give you some background i was uh, so i was talking with somebody who was actually play testing the game back in january and originally how it was being set up was that you would still fate drawing two cards. And there was actually a ton of characters that had Peter Pan's must play when revealed. And that must've been removed last minute because that was me. Be- I was told in January about that stuff. And, um, or I wasn't told in January, but that's when I was told it happened and they really switched it around. Um, so, and we'll get to more of why that was probably done. Uh, There are some reasons for that that make a lot of sense. um, Why that was probably simmered down a little bit. Um, But it's kind of interesting at the same time, though, because the Fate decks are going to be relatively thick. Um, They're going to be really thick. And, you know, you're not going to be able to go through all the heroes. I wonder if it's actually encouraged to Fate more this time around. I'm not sure. Because there's so many Fate cards, you're not going to probably get through the whole deck in a single game. Even when you're playing with multiple players, like, you're adding 11 fake cards for each villain, so you're playing a full game. That has a ton of fake cards in there, because that's, like, what? So, what, 44 plus 15? Oh, wow, that is a lot of cards. That's almost 60 cards. Um, almost. Um, one thing I do want to point out, Vision is Robin Hood. Literally still Robin Hood's effect, um, which I find interesting. And also, another common fate card. So we know for a fact that there's Captain America, Vision, She-Hulk, Black Widow, Thor. And I'm also going to presume that, um, well, Iron Man, which I'll show off. And then uh, that Hulk and Spider-Man are part of that. So that is seven. That is seven heroes we know for fact that are associated with the common fate deck. Did I include She-Hulk? Someone correct me on that, because if I didn't include She-Hulk, that's eight. Um, so that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's including, so if you had the four event cards, that's 12. So that means there's at least three more cards we don't know of, at least. So that's interesting. Um, let's keep diving into. So this is also when Rodney talks about the, the 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 plus one strength tokens. So right now we've only seen them show off as strength tokens. So essentially these are just buffing the amount of strength that a hero or an ally can have. There is also a flip side of these that has the negative one. I don't know what they refer to that as is because it says plus one strength token. So I assume it would be minus one strength token is how they would refer to that. I don't think Spidey is because Sony look at the Amazon tells you that Spider-Man's in it. Um, so Spider-Man is confirmed, but we just haven't seen him yet. I'm really hoping someone will show him off eventually. Um, so I think they just go over the types of fa- fake cards here. I probably already skipped over it, but essentially there are effects, there are items. Um, one of the effects right here is Revive soul. so essentially you get to choose a hero in the Fate discard pile, play that hero to the target of the player's domain. What's interesting, uh, interesting about this too is that since you're not revealing two cards, this actually is going to help you return heroes that have been vanquished and put them back out in the domain. Um, that is directly a, literally a revival card, which I think is kind of cool. Um, the item card, if I can find it, oh, let's see, here we go. The item card that was shown off is this Odin's spirit or whatever. And this actually shows off a new icon. Um, this acts like no other attachable item card, um, that we've seen in fate decks before. Uh, where you attach it. This one particularly is like, all right. When you play it, get rid of all soul marker uh, marks on them, and then you can't play soul marks onto that particular hero. And then they gain this protection icon. What's really cool about the protection icon is that it specifically is targeting that uh, that hero must be vanquished before any other characters are vanquished in the dom- or in that domain. Which I think is cool. Um, I I can't believe I can't believe that they're actually doing that. I think it's awesome. Um, that they're actually... And we'll get to more of this later. There are a ton of text cleanup stuff with effects that I really dig. Um, This is one of them. Because we remember in Disney Villainous, there are tons of cards that kind of did the same thing. And I remember when I was talking to Stephanie, uh, if you guys don't know, Stephanie Straw was the lead designer for Perfectly Wretched. Um, She had talked to me about how a lot of the design thought process for this game was they wanted to really, like, make it so there wasn't a lot of, like, you know, keywords is kind of the best way to say it. So, like, I was talking to uh, Shatterdice, who I know is in chat right now today when we're playing Ursula, how a lot of, like, you know, Imagine the Gathering over time used to have, like, a lot of common textual language that they then cleaned up and made it into keywords, so that way you wouldn't have to keep, like, having so much text. Which, by the way, speaking of text, you're gonna see the card with the most text in the entirety of Villainous in a short while. Um, it's insane. But... The fact that they're doing stuff like that, the fact that they're actually cleaning up a kind of events that happen, so, like, we're going to see later that there's actually a defeated keyword that's used um, with Black Widow. um, But, yeah, super cool. Uh, we see a new event card that's actually with Thanos. This one's pretty brutal. Uh, before moving, each of Thanos' allies in play, he must either pay one power, discard one card from his hand, or remove the ally. Um, Yeah, he did mention a hero with minus three strength tokens defeated with... um without ally being discarded due to strength at zero. We will talk about that, because that actually is talked about here. Nope, nope. Don't play the video. So, here we go. Hold on. Trying to... Oh, so here's the event stuff. So, um, this is when the difficulty modular stuff that you've probably seen talked about with this game comes into play. So, event cards, uh, the way that Rodney describes that the game says it, is that there's essentially three difficulty levels. And the three difficulties levels are, I don't necessarily know the last one, except the last one's called Undying, um, where the first one is you get rid of all the events, including any uh, villain-specific ones from the Fate deck. So you can actually remove cards from the Fate deck, kind of make it more hero-item effect-focused. Then if you play uh, the normal one, the way events work, as soon as they get revealed, they get played out. Uh, if it's a global one, then the global one stays out, and it affects all players. Then, if it's a character-specific one, that one is given to the player. So even if there's a global one out, the character-specific one goes to that player. And the way that these work is that you can either play or relocate slash move allies and items to these particular events. Once events, um, Once the events have allies, have a total strength that is greater than or equal to these events... The events are discarded, and all the villains who have contributed an ally to that event gain the reward. Funny enough, if you guys have played the game Smash Up by AEG, the mechanic for how events work is basically the same way that breaking uh, the breaking points work in Smash Up. Each, uh, was it, I believe, I think they actually refer to it as power. Um, each, was it, minion card in Smash Up has a power. Once the power, it reaches the strength of the base's, uh, breakpoint, that gets discarded and scored. It's the same, basically, system that's used for the events here, um, which I find really interesting. Now, in the medium difficulty, you include the events, but when a global event comes out, then when there's already one out, you don't put another one out. However, in the undying difficulty, when another event comes out, you just keep playing them. Funny enough, I actually think that one is really interesting, And as I probably get more accustomed to playing this game more, I'll probably want to play with having multiple events out, because then it's going to actually enforce players to work together to try to take stuff down. Um, I I like it. I actually really dig that. Um, So probably not the first run through, but I definitely feel like this game is meant to have events built into it, because literally She-Hulk's card herself, if I go run back to it really fast... there it is. Literally references events. It says, if She-Hulk is in your domain, you cannot relocate or play um, two events. So literally, if you take the events out, She-Hulk is just the four-strength hero. So I think playing with events will be key in this game to want to actually kind of work with that stuff. Um, this is Rodney showing off um, how a global event works, because like you said, this one stays out, but if it's for a character specific, uh, this one is attached to that character. And it seems like for right now, there's only one villain-specific event for a villain. There's not like there's two. So it's only one. But in total, you can have a lot of them in the deck. So it um, doesn't seem that brutal. So I believe Rodney's now talking about cards um, and how you just play cards. It's nothing new. Um, hell's got this held to pay. Choose a hero with an uh, attached soul mark in your domain. Perform a vanquish action to defeat that hero. So essentially an additional vanquish action. Um, someone pointed out, I forget, I can't, I forget who to give credit to for this, but it seems like, um, the soul marks are revolved around vanquishing, so probably hints why she has two different vanquishing icons, as well as that card. So, yeah, um, there's something to have, to have be with the vanquishing. Something else, too, to note, that Hello's objective, she needs to actually have no heroes at Odin's vault. So, there is some there is some need to make sure that place is cleaned up. So maybe that's also to help, too, with the extra vanquishing and stuff. Um, this is showing off just a card saying that, all right, being very clear about it, um, where if you cannot resolve the full effect, you can't play it. So like with Death's Embrace, relocate a hero with an attached slow mark to Niflheim. If you can't do that, then, um, then guess what? Um, you can't play the card. So... This is definitely a really good idea where if you play Soul Marks onto a hero that's out of Odin's Vault, you can play them to Niflheim. Uh, I think that's a really good call. So, really cool effect. So, Roddy's showing off all the different cards. Um, So we got an ally item effect and specialty. Uh, We kind of already kind of go on over what the specialties do, but uh, just to kind of go over what the cards shown here. Draugr Swordsman, one cost. Draugr Swordsman gains uh, one strength for each Draugr Swordsman in the discard pile. As a God of War fan, that is awesome, and a kick-ass card. Uh, I can't believe that they're actually doing that stuff in this game. Magic the Gathering stuff right there. Um, literally, um, I actually talk about this. So there is one faction in Smash Up that I believe it's the Zombies, where they were basically built kind of being around a Magic the Gathering-style deck where they focus on playing and using cards from the discard pile. Draugr Swordsman really gives me those vibes. I love playing Zombies in Smash Up, and that right up my alley. And... You'll see, actually, later, there's some other, uh, I think maybe later, but there's some other cards I've seen that allow Hella to play cards from her discard pile, and there's cards that actually go against her doing that as well, so it's probably kind of important to have that effect, and with her having that effect, super down. Ninth Sword, attach a Soul Mark to any hero without one at this location. Makes a lot of sense. Soul for a Soul, choose a hero with an attached Soul Mark in any domain and remove that hero. If you do, you may defeat a hero in Hella's realm. So that's kind of nifty, um, a little, little powerful. So essentially, you have a soul mark on a hero. You remove that hero. If you do, you may defeat a hero in Hella's domain. It's kind of nice. Hell's bidding. Each time another player defeats a hero with an attached soul mark. Gain three power. So there's probably some incentive to play um, these soul marks to villain or heroes in other domains. I don't know what they do. Um, I assume they're just soul marks, where they there's tokens on top of the cards. Nothing too crazy. So we see this uh, conquer Vaha. Uh, Hella may not play, find, or access any cards in her discard pile. So yeah, that was the one I was uh, talking about earlier, where it directly affects Hella being able to do stuff from her discard pile. It definitely seems like she's the character that works with her discard pile. So for those of you who like your discard piles, yep. You're not going to, you're not going to like it. Um, let's see what else. Um, another thing to point out, there are going to be cards in this game that are like Captain Hook and Pete. They are items. You play them, you gain additional actions. Um, definitely, this is definitely very good for Thanos, which we'll talk about later. Um, Some other cards showing that there's items that return that basically are kind of upgrades to allies like so. When played, attach Impervious Aloy to an ally you control. Um, When is it? Impervious Aloy can only be removed if the attached ally is defeated or removed. So this is essentially saying that this item can't go away. I assume that there are fake cards or other things that can remove that card. So not really sure how that works yet. Um... Alchema? I forget how you pronounce that. Uh, it's been a while. When uh, she, oh, uh, yeah, because that's, uh, that's Ultron's wife. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, second wife. If uh, Alchema is played, defeat a character at her location. That's dope. Um, super good. This shows off a specialty. Hand of Glory. Choose a hero from the fate discard pile. Pay power equal to their strength. Then play them to any domain. Attach a soul mark to them. That's interesting. Um, I assume the soul marks are essentially like a a, a different strength token. I could be wrong, though. So mark by death, choose a hero in any domain without a soul mark. Attach a, a soul mark to that hero. So nothing, nothing too crazy over here. We get some Taskmaster stuff showing off the activate. So the thing I want to point out about the activate is that this is this set right here. All the villains have an activate icon, at least two. So um, activating is going to be huge in this game. It's uh, unlike in Disney Villainous, where some characters just flat out didn't have it. Um, the characters have these have these activates. Um, just like uh, you know, let's, let's point out some of the the characters: Corella, Radigan, um, Evil Queen. Jafar, Queen of Hearts, Ursula. So that's only like 6 of 15. was Wasn't Activate wasn't getting really used that often. Uh, Here, every single villain has an activate, um, which is cool. I like it. I think it's a good call to give them these extra kind of abilities that you don't normally get, and the activate essentially can act as something else. And a lot of these activates that you'll actually see, they can do all sorts of things that still equivalent to other actions you would normally take, which I think is awesome. So, uh, lesson plan. As a teacher, I love Taskmaster. Uh, I think everything that he does is super cool and makes me super excited to play him. Now, besides the point, um, find an item or effect in your discard pile or deck and put that card into your hand. Makes perfect sense. Um, Cool activate. Shows that we're still getting cost. Haven't seen anything new yet um, with this. However... No, it's not when it gets referred to. Um, No, this is when it's referred to. So... One of the things that they pointed out is that when you're supposed to find a card now how it works is that there's actually an order of operations so this wasn't clarified originally with Disney the only time it was clear the only thing it clarified when you did this was that um when you when you go find something in your deck or any deck in general you have to shuffle it there's now an order of operations to this first you check it see if it exists in a domain then after that you grab it then you go check your discard pile then you grab it. Then you go look in your deck. Um, I believe that's more referring to something in particular, um, items, but because Taskmasters activate was, right there, wasn't necessarily that same th- deal because it, uh, showed off the discard pile. But Rodney points out in this situation where there is an actual order of operations to that now. Um, so you're no longer going to get confused. Um, I believe actually he shows it off here with Killmonger's cards. So also that, that art on Killmonger, pretty dope. Um, It's also got this overpower card, place a plus one strength token on all allies in your domain. It's pretty nice. So this is the new thing. Um, Relocate. It's no longer called the move action. Um, Relocate allows you to move any ally or item in your domain to any location, which is not not the, the adjacency thing. On top of that, you can also use this relocate to move allies and items to put them on events... And if an ally or item is in another player's domain, you can move them back to your domain um, or move them to an event. But you cannot move allies and items to other domains naturally. However, Thanos, as we find out, is actually very unique in this regard. He overrides that rule. Um, So he specifically, in his villain guide, says that with his move action, he can move allies from his domain two other domains now he can't directly play them there but yeah it's pretty cool taste of the cosmic power place a plus one strength token on an ally you control that ally may immediately vanquish a character at this location with equal or lesser strength and is not discarded after this vanquish action interesting so it's got like an immediate play um interesting that's odd Hmm, well, we might have to go jump back to that later, because that's a... Something we, that we've talked about in the podcast is that, so with the Explosive Mines and Killmonger's deck, they say discard to activate their ability, and there's no time to actually say when you're supposed to do that on the Explosive Mine, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, Adam Warlock, um, six strength. Thanos cannot win the game if Adam Warlock is in Thanos' domain. Cool. So essentially what's kind of cool about this too is that if Thanos does have all 60 Infinity Stones, he essentially has to defeat Adam Warlock to win the game, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, and the nice thing too is that there are tons of new stuff that allow um, things to screw around with that. So we're going to also show off some more allies right here. Um, basically Roddy's talking about the Vanquish action. Um, we got Proxy of Midnight. One played, defeated character with a strength of 3 or less at Proxy of Midnight's location. Um, point out that character is now any ally or any hero or rival that exists. Um, so something too to point out that uh, I actually missed is that and I actually don't think we actually talk about that till later um, is that you can relocate or you can move allies from your domain or in pl- certain effects play allies from your hand to other domains. And when they are played, they are actually acted as heroes. They take up the top portion spot right here and they just act as heroes. That's all they do. Thanos is unique because he can actually take vanquish actions with his allies when they're at other domains, but they essentially can be defeated. So what's nice about this Proxy of Midnight is that the character literally is using that cleanup to clean up that extra garbage effect um, that we can sometimes get in issues with with Disney villainous. Um, so Ebony Maw, if Ebony Maw is part of a Vanquish action by Thanos to defeat an opponent's ally with an attached Infinity Stone, he is not discarded. So essentially, like I said, uh, Thanos has to defeat um, allies, which we'll get to uh, opposing allies to get Infinity Stones. If Ebony Maw is used in that Vanquish, he is not discarded. And then we just have a basic Legions of Thanos, He's only two uh, strength, so no additional ability. So one of the new things that we should talk about that was clarified in this today that's de- very different than Disney, is that so a hero can be have its strength reduced to zero. However, unlike in Disney, you do need to have an ally at the location to vanquish them. Having said that, though, if they are at zero, you don't have to use the ally to defeat them. So they are not discarded when used to vanquish. So in this um, example right here, I have no idea who this guy is. I'm pretty sure it's part of one of the night strength things from Asgard. I am not super up on the Thor lore, probably the least of most of the Marvel stuff I know. So and if anyone in chat wants to correct me on who that probably is, let me know. Um, I also, also have no idea who the p- heck this person is. Literally, I literally thought this was Loki, and yeah, this is definitely not Loki. Um, also, Loki's definitely going to be a, a fake card. Fake card for Hela. Um... So, yeah, that's a new thing. Uh, little tactical. Little tactical, I'm not going to lie, but I'm okay with it. They clarified it, making it very clear here that you're like, you got to use an ally. It makes sense. Um makes perfect sense. I'm not opposed. So, um, better clear shot of Black Widow. Um, when Black Widow is played, you may defeat an ally out of her location. She has only two strength. Well, this one, Rodney actually talks about the, the protection icon, where essentially you do need to defeat the protection icon characters beforehand. He's showing off Thor. Thor art looks pretty dope. Five strength. Um, Pretty excited about that. Uh, let's keep moving here. Shadow initiative. So we're looking at some Taskmaster stuff. So this is when he's pointing out how you can actually relocate uh, allies to other domains. Relocate an ally you control from your domain to another player's domain. Place a plus one strength token on that ally, um, which is cool. Because what, so the unique thing about this is that, so what this is encouraging you as a Taskmaster player to do is a Taskmaster's goal is to have an ally at each location, and each ally needs to have at least five strength. You basically use Shadow Initiative to put them away, give them a strength, and then move them back so they have the extra strength, which I think is a good call. Um,. And I believe this guy... Yeah, there you go. So, nope, 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 nope. Too far, too far. Scrub back a little bit. So, Jagged Bow. After relocating or playing Jagged Bow to an event, you may relocate or play a second ally to the same event for free, which is pretty awesome. Um, it's Pretty dope. So, essentially, it's encouraging Taskmaster players to play multiple allies to events um, to do so. Uh, let's see. I think the last thing... He, so, this is when he talks about the breakpoints for the events. Um, we got the Helicarrier, um, only draw up to three cards at the end of each turn, draw three cards. We got the Fenris Wolf. If a hero is played to a location in your domain, you may play or relocate Fenris Wolf to that location for free. There is actually a lot of effects and abilities in this game right now that have a lot of free playing stuff, um, which I find interesting. Corvius Glaive over here. Um, let me get a clear shot. When Corvus Glaive is relocated to another player's domain, you may also relocate one of your Legions of Thanos ally to his location. So, kind of cool, basically making it so you have more allies over there to kind of work stuff out. Um, and the funny thing is the latter part of this video, um, actually, before we get there, more cards. Um, Midgar Serpent, when performing a Vanquish action, Midgar Serpent may be used to defeat each character with a strength of five or less at its location. Which is pretty pretty nuts. It's a five strength, three cost ally for Hella. And then Desir, I think, is how you pronounce that. Um, I think these guys were in God of War. Um, Desir maybe played from your discard pile. Super cool effect. Um, I know there's some custom stuff that I've seen that have done this same effect. You guys were on to something. Um super cool. What? No, YouTube. What are you doing? Don't don't give me that. Don't give me that navigation bar stuff. So Rodney's now talking about. Thanos. Um, essentially, Thanos is super unique where, like I said, he can re—he cannot play, but he can relocate allies from his domain to other players' domains. However, what he needs to do is that he has to consult the Well, or I-, I assume he's probably also got other cards to do this, that he basically plays an Infinity Stone to another player's domain. And this is the word of operations. The Infinity Stone is attached to an ally. If the ally is then defeated um, by a Thanos card or, um, or an ally, basically that that stone gets attached to that ally and then he could drag it back with him after relocating. Once it gets dragged back to Thanos that way, that item turns into a specialty and the stone can't essentially be removed from Thanos at that point. Um, now, however, the other part of it is, is that um, if there is no allies out in the domain, the player that, of that domain plays an ally from their hand for free, then attaches it. And if they don't have one in their hand, they go through their deck until they grab a card, that's an ally, and then get to play it for free. So then to note that I'm pretty sure this is how it's going to work, and Rodney clarified this, when you now find something in your, in your um, deck, when you have to reveal cards, when it says reveal cards until this, because this is how this works, instead of discarding them, you shuffle them back in. So unless an effect on a card specifically says otherwise, that's how that's going to work probably from now on. So, kind of cool. So yeah, Thanos is super unique. Uh, I'm really surprised that they actually made him the more... I wouldn't necessarily call him the complex character, but he definitely has a lot more moving parts. Um, Because the actual mechanism of moving and grabbing the Infinity Stone and stuff is not complicated. It's just a lot more steps. And granted, it's not super difficult, because if you actually look at a lot of the allies that we've seen so far, they're not necessarily super strong. Um, Corvius Glaive and the, um, I call them the World Serpent. The Midgar Serpent are the only ones that have been super, super strength heavy. Um, you sell the Power Stone. And the thing that's interesting about Power Stone t- as well is that when it gets moved to Thanos' domain, I believe, even though it's got the one side, no, nope, show me, there you go, it's still the same effect. It's just now a specialty. And it still does not explain how, since it's zero cost, why it's like that. There's got to be a reason for that. We just don't understand yet. Um, So there you go. That is the Watch a Play video. Um, Lots of stuff to talk about and dive into right there. Let's get to the back of the box. Um, Back of the box. So, two more more cards that we haven't seen. Um, We got Iron Man and Taskmaster Shield. So... Iron Man is essentially a global nanny um, from Corella, where, essentially, when you want to perform the activate action, you have to spend one more power to do so or pay one more on top. Taskmaster Shield is an item where, essentially, when, a, when an ally would be discarded at the location where Taskmaster Shield is, you just remove it. Um, and then the contents. So let's look at this part. Um, five domains, five villain movers... 150 villain cards, which confirms that everyone's got a 30-card villain deck. Um, 70 fake cards, which you also got to keep in mind. That includes all the events, and that means that there's the 15 plus the 11 for each villain. So that's 70 fake cards. Um, 12 tile cards. So there are six. There are six Infinity Stones. We know for a fact there's at least two in Killmonger's, and which we will see here soon. Um, there's actually some more tiles for Ultron, which we will get to. Um, I assume there are tiles for Taskmaster and Hella, but I haven't seen them yet. Um, I do not know what they look like. Um, and I haven't seen them actually like that in the flesh yet. So we'll have to kind of take a deeper dive into that. But, um, okay. So that, that's this. Something also else I want to point out too. Huh. It's odd. It says game design by Prospero Hall. Now it does say game design. So if you remember correctly, the way this happened was Prospero Hall laid the groundwork for this game. They got bought by Funko and then Ravensburger took over. So I'm surprised to actually see them still in the back of the box. Um, There must have been some some credit where credit had to be due right there. Um, I do think it's important. And uh, another image of Taskmaster right here is Mover and how it's actually changed a little bit. No longer has, like, the skull look on it, uh, or, um, on the actual thing. So, all right. Let's do one more thing, and then I'll take some more FAQ and, get, uh, and then give it my thoughts, and we'll talk about compatibility stuff. So, Ravensburger actually released a promo video on Twitter showing off some more stuff. So they actually go through all the quotes, of all the villains, if you hadn't already seen them before, um, which is kind of cool. Did some little art, show off the the pictures. So first cool new thing, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch, uh, Witch was revealed. Um, and what's interesting, too, is that she actually belongs to Ultron. Um, and she's played in Hellas Realm, which I kind of find funny. Um, her effect, essentially, sounds like is that you choose a card type. And then the player must reveal all cards from their hand and discard all cards of that type. So it's kind of a unique counter card to what the what a player might be trying to use to accomplish their goal. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Makes a lot of sense with Scarlet Witch's abilities and such. Um, this thing does not have the scrubber preview that I like. All the Infinity Stones. All the Infinity Stones. So, Soul Stone. Play an ally for, for free from your discard pile. Reality stone. Perform a vanquish action. Your allies using the vanquish action are not discarded. Space stone. You may... was it? Relocate any number of your allies. Place two plus one strength tokens on up to two allies you control. Time stone. Gain one power and draw a villain card. Also goes back to what I said I like about the clarification. Clarifies villain card. Um, find any card in your deck, then add it to your hand. Cool. I like that. Also, Drax. I can't really read what his effect says, but he is a five strength hero and it says Drax the Destroyer. So Drax is in this game. Definitely confirms that we're getting all the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, for sure. Ultron. So here's some new stuff about Ultron that, uh, not a lot of us have seen yet. Um, I will actually scrub a little further because there is another card that gets added to that. There you go. So first thing, Hank Pym, Hank Pym, an, um, Ant Man or Giant Man or whatever you want to call him. When Hank Pym is played in in was it in your domain? Was it you? Was it you may not? Yeah, it says you may not play or find cards from your discard pile. Is that what the, is that? That's what it says. Um, Ultron's got some stuff here that allows him to do stuff, I believe, from his discard pile. So, transformation. When you play a sentry, you may choose a card from your discard pile and add it to your hand. So, a lot of his cards are sentries. So, like, you got a a duplicate sentry and a flying sentry. Um, duplicate sentries is the basic one cost, two strength ally. We got the flying sentry, which is two cost, three strength. If a flying sentry is at an, um... What is it? It says, add a blank when it resolves. You may relocate an ally to any location in your domain. I think that says item, and I wonder what it means by resolves. There must be something within the deck. Now, something cool to to note is that optimization is another specialty that Ultron can get. And it says, you may treat card plays as relocates. So that means with Ultron that he's going to have the ability to basically choose cards and change how their actions work. Um, something else to note is that you got, um, we don't know what's at the top of the reconfiguration base, but Stark Industries Industrial Complex has two card play actions and a plus, or, and a gain one. So, for those of you, um, that have played Bill Cipher, uh, if that last one is a Bill Cipher play card that we haven't seen, call him Copycat right now. Call him Copycat. Um... Super interesting. Um, it makes sense why he's got the two car plays over there still, but having it be one cost is super intriguing to me. Um, now, what's interesting is here are the tiles. So these are both tiles. You can tell by the thickness of the car. They're definitely a little thicker. Um, what it looks like to me is that each one of these tiles is revealed by uh, completing an objective. So in a weird way, Ultron is actually a little bit of Pete where essentially he's probably got these individual goals that he must resolve, and then he gains these specialties. So right here it says, ultimate, the optimization specialty must be in play. You must have a sentry in each location in your domain to reveal this tile. So what it sounds like to me is that he's going to gain these different specialties that are these tiles, and then you flip them over, and then the last one is going to be reveal Age of Ultron. You can also tell, too, that a little bit of the card back is being evolved here. Um, So I wonder if that's part of maybe what they're doing with these revealed tokens. Ultron looks really dope now, knowing how this works. I'm super excited for Ultron. Ultron's definitely number three on my playlist, which we'll get more to. Um, But yeah, Ultron looks sick. I'm excited for Ultron. Um, Trying to see. So Taskmaster, I think, has got a new hero over there. I can't tell who it is. Um, it's just got a bunch of smoke. I'll actually play it out just to see if it cleans up. No, it doesn't. So it shows off a little bit more stuff. Really, really basic music being played in the background. Oh, no, 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 no. We get some more cards, and this is when we get to the weird stuff. You guys ready for weird stuff? Here, I'll go ahead and play it again. So, armored Rhino. Specialty. Heroes at Killmonger's location lose one strength. Interesting. Um, I like that. So we already seen transformation. Photographic Reflexes is the winner for the card in Villainous that has the absolute most text in the entire game. This is the one that is essentially, that if you remember reading the Taskmaster article, says that you can play effects from other um, villains. And it says that after another player plays an effect card from their hand, you may immediately pay one power to attach that effect to Photographic Reflexes. On your turn, you may use an activate action to play the the effect attached to Photographic Reflexes, then discard the effect to its original villain's discard pile. Totally just an excuse to have Taskmaster's ability fully realized. That's all this is. I think it's a little complicated. Uh, It makes sense. It's very clear on how it works, but it's got a lot of stuff to it. Um, Paying one, and then I assume it says play the card, so you still got to pay the cost to play it. Um, which I find kind of weird, but, um, yeah. So, um, there are more specialties they're going to reveal here. So we already seen hell is bidding already seen that one, um, raise the dead. There's optimization lesson plan. We've already seen lesson plan from earlier. Um, there's all that right there. Um, now we get the mind to st- the, or all the stones fully like graphed out. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Cause this is the rest of the graphic right here. Or the, the video. Yep, that's it, I think. Yep, just a showcase of everything in the box. And that's it. And that is essentially everything that we know a Marvel Villainous now. Uh, really, really going in deep on all that stuff right there. I apologize for the super deep dive. I know you guys all love it when I talk forever. But, um, yeah, it was super... I'm super excited. Uh, I know you guys all want to know my thoughts on this and, um, I can't, I I can't. And then this is, this is my thoughts. This is my thoughts guys. Um, Marvel villainous is going to be one of the greatest games I've probably ever played. Um, the reason for that is that it's Marvel. It's thematically Marvel. And I'm super excited for that. I think that's super important um, because, like I said, I'm a fan of Disney, but I am truly a Marvel fanatic at heart. And this game screams. And it shows that they put a lot of love and care into the mechanical side of everything. I love the new cleanup keyword stuff that they're doing uh, with, like, using character, defeat, protection, all that stuff that all makes sense. I like the fact there's no conditions literally the fact that you can in ways play heroes or other allies to other realms that act as heroes to other domains that affects things. The, the fate deck mechanism stuff actually kind of encourages you to just look at the card that you're, since it's only one, look at the card, look at the circumstances around all of the players and then play that card as you feel is the most effective. Um, there is no longer, all right, I have two options. I need now make a choice. And then I gotta discard that card. The fact that the the fate deck is gonna be super thick, I think is cool because you're gonna actually be able to see a lot more of these cards played now, which I think is awesome. Um I can't wait. I really I really just can't wait. There is it's like and and the thing too, and I've said this so with all the Disney boxes so far, you know, as I've played all the characters, there's definitely characters I would now more excited for after playing them, but like. Base game box, Maleficent, and Jafar were the only two I was excited about. Uh, Wicked to the core, Hades, Evil comes prepared, Scar, perfectly wretched. More just kind of excited overall for the characters being added. Uh, probably Corella, I was the most excited for, but even then, I probably wouldn't even put Corella on the same hype levels as Hades and Scar. And I generally started liking more of the characters. Really like Mother Gothel. Really dog Doctor Facilier. Radigan and Yizma are super cool. In the base game, you know, the only characters that also stuck out to me from a learning perspective were Prince John and Ursula. Um, Yeah. Um, This game is really speaking to me on so many different levels. Uh, I just think they've made a lot of really good decisions. And it sucks because it seems like what happened was with Disney. This means that Disney actually has an end. That means that that design engine for the Disney villainous side of things is complete. They aren't really touching that stuff anymore. Are they going to release an FAQ kind of cleaning some stuff up? They probably will. Um, I don't expect them to probably release any more than one or two expansions after Disney or for Disney. I really don't. I think there's going to be one more box, maybe two being super hopeful. I think Marvel is really like when Marvel says the next chapter of villainous, they are being very clear that like, this is the next evolution of this system. We realized that there was a lot of cleanup issues that needed to happen in the game. And this is our answer to all of that. We're also doing a theme that appeals to a very large audience. Now, not to say that Disney doesn't appeal to a large audience, but a lot of these characters are stuff that, you know, we as fans, most of us, I would say, are at least above the age of 20. Um, You know, we've at least grown up with at least like one or two, three major stuff. Um, You know, we've grown up with three of those movies at least. And then we've also seen other ones and we're super excited about them. You know, Marvel reaches a huge audience, and I understand. I know some people aren't super happy right now. Um, I know people aren't super happy with the villains they chose, uh, mainly because they're not familiar with them. Especially if you're a comic book fan. If you're an MCU fan, this is super. This is super awesome. You're getting almost everything that you probably want from an MCU side of things. But a comic book fan, I get it. I'll tell you one thing. I want Green Goblin. I want Doctor Octopus. I want Doctor Doom. I want Magneto. I want Kingpin. I want Red Skull. I want so many freaking Marvel villains. I want MODOK. I want MODOK. Um, There are so many cool Marvel villains that they can do as these mastermind level things. Like, if you go just look up Marvel Legendary, um, you know, it's a deck building game that's co-op that you play against a Marvel mastermind. There are so many of them. Like, they got... um, So, Doctor Doom, Magneto, Red Skull, Loki. None of which are in this base game. They got Thanos... They've got Kingpin. They've got, um... I also forgot Magito in that original set. They've got Apocalypse. they got Mr. Sinister. They have Strife. They have Mephisto. They have, um... Oh, God. They have Carnage. They have Mysterio. I don't really count Mysterio. Um... And that argument. Um... Who else? they got all sorts of stuff. Um... They have Ultron. They have Hela. Um... They do not have Taskmaster, but Taskmaster is, like, a minion card that comes out. um, And there's no Killmonger yet. Um, But there's so much. And then, like, they do stuff, too, that's crazy, like with Civil War, where there's, like, Iron Man and um, Maria Hill. Stuff like that. There There is so much villain lore that you can use in this game. And I'm so excited. And all that stuff excites me. All those characters make me excited. All of them do. I don't even have you mentioned the fact that Dormammu's not in there yet, and Dormammu is definitely going to be in this game. There's no way we're... The, we are not getting Doctor Strange here, but when Dormammu shows up, we're getting Doctor Strange. Um, Definitely getting... We're getting Doctor Strange as a hero. And that's the thing, too. With Disney, we were... Like, when you get a villain, you know what heroes are going to be in those fate decks. Now, from, like, the speculation side, we still don't know all the heroes that are becoming... Especially, there's going to be so many... There are seventy fake cards, and all there's heroes and effects. There's so much possibility. There's so much that gets me excited. Like you know, like when I pick up Scar, you know you're gonna have you're gonna have Simba. You know you're gonna have po- Timon and Pumbaa. You know there's gonna be a fake card called Hakuna Matata that's gonna make you want to pull your hair out. You know I don't know what they're gonna do, and that excites me. That generally gets me excited for this game. Like, real talk. I the only way the Disney expansion that's going to come out either this year or early next year that can get me more excited right now than I am about Marvel is that they have both Gaston Tremaine and Oogie in it. They have to have my dream. They have to have my dream box. They have to have it. That is the only way. I am just being straight up. Um, but I am. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. So Baron in the chat says, I can't be too mad about Disney Villains ending. If they get Gaston and Tremaine and that bag, <laughs> they've covered the ground. They've done their duty. I agree. That's the thing. I, and that's why I keep saying those three, because if we're being honest, you cannot end Disney bonus without Gaston. That's a straight up. We've talked about this too. Uh, Cinderella is the last major Disney princess besides Belle not to be in the game. makes way too much sense. Oogie, from a design standpoint, and as a villain standpoint, you gotta have him. Like, you throw in dice, it's not here for Christmas. Hell, you try to sell it a Hot Topic for all I care, I'll buy it. I just want my Jungle Book villainous. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I don't really think Shere Khan's gonna be in this game. I think the art style of those cards would be super sick. Um, I just don't think he's gonna make it. If he's gonna make it, it's gonna be um, Tailspin. I've been saying this for a while now. <laughs> I didn't even think of Hot Topic; Uki would fly off the shelves there. I know, you know what I mean? You know, literally, I've bought the, I've bought Hot Topics Nightmare Before Christmas stuff before. That place just reeks of of Nightmare Before Christmas, and also band shirts. Um, well, no, I mean, like I, I love Disney Villanas. I still think, I still do think. Disney is still going to hold a very special place in my heart. The the game, I think the only thing that Disney will have above Marvel is that it's going to be a little quicker. In a two-player environment, that game is going to run a lot faster than Marvel Villainous will. And something to point out too, I know Baron Point is out on our Discord channel, um, they actually went into Amazon and redid all of like the marketing for the Villainous games, and they actually made it so all the Disney boxes, because so if you actually look at your Disney boxes, they say 40 to 60 minutes. Now they say 60-plus after 40. So they realize that that game could take a bit if you have more than four players. Marvel specifically says 40 to 80 now. So they actually now are like, we definitely have a time limit where this game should run. Um, and it probably will run faster once you get two-player games going and moving a little quicker. But, no, they've they've evolved the engine. They've evolved the engine a lot. I um, know, I'm really... And, Disney still is going to have lots of cool characters that are near and dear to my heart. I love Scar. Scar is literally the killer instant character in this game for me. I can't wait to see what they do with Oogie. Um, Because let's just be honest, guys. He's coming. He's coming. There's no way in hell he's not coming. Um, Like, but Marvel, man. Like, all those characters, like me personally, just hit a very sweet spot for how much I care about things. And I talk about this all the time where characters in theme with games really have to stand out to me for me to care. And Marvel just takes the villainous engine and just slaps it right into my heart and is just like, yeah, Luke, you got to buy this game. You're going to love this game. And when there's more stuff that comes out for Marvel villainous, you will love it. And I'm like, yes, I will. I will eat this. I will eat this for breakfast. Just like scoop the Marvel power tokens and just put them into my mouth. Insert straw. Hey, how you doing? We're just talking about you. When's Gaston and Oogie? I'm joking. You don't have to talk to us about that. But, uh, no. I am so excited for Marvel. Like, my mind is just... I'm ready. But I will tell you this. My absolute most desired... Most desired... Marvel villain. In this game. I absolutely want... I want Venom. But if you at least give me Carnage... I'm good. Carnage and Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Gotta give me the foot dives. Gotta give me hidden missiles. And a delicious mojito. Um, I want Doom so bad. I love Doom and Marvel vs. Capcom. I think Doom is also a fantastic Marvel bad guy. He has to be in this game. Has to be in this game. Number one, yes, Dr. Doom has to be here. He's gotta come. I need him. Yeah, if the end comes on a high, all the greatest series end at the right time. Enter Marvel. Yeah, I agree. I definitely want... I definitely... Like, the last Disney expansion, if you get Gaston, Tremaine, Oogie, combination of those three, in the last expansion, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Grackle. I also want Doc Ock. Like, Doc Ock, for me personally, the reason why I want him is because he's the great representation of all of, like, Spider-Man villains. And... You can't really mix that with Green Goblin because Green Goblin is all about Oscorp, and there's still a lot of material to run with that there. Um, And the cool thing too with that is that so like if you break down the villain decks or the fate decks with those villains too to make them unique, Green Goblin can have more of the traditional like Peter Parker like heroes in there. So like you can have like um, Harry Osborn, you can have Mary Jane, you can have uh, Aunt May those types of characters, and then you can have fate events that affect Oscorp, um, and effects as well. And then with, um, with, uh, Dr. Octopus, you can get all the Spider-Verse characters in there. So you can get, like, Miles Morales, um, what is it, Gwen Stacy, or Spider-Gwen, uh, Spider-Man War. You can get Spider-Ham. You can get all those different characters. You get Spider-Man 2099. You know, like, all those characters. Um... Like, that's it, it's still going to work out. I think that, I mean, and granted, if Ravensburger's listening to this right now and stealing all my ideas, go for it. Just make sure you cut me a royalty check when you make all that money from that Spider-Man expansion when it comes out. Um, but, yeah, I um I'm so excited for Marvel. I am so excited. Like, sitting talking about the future of Marvel is also getting me excited because I know what's going to come. I mean, we know. You know, we know what's going to come. And I'm super happy about that. It's It's... And the the game just looks so much more solid. It just... Lots of stuff is cleaned up. I'm really happy. Um, I'm more of a school... I'm more of school Disney fan, but excited for the new series. You know, and this is the thing, guys. I know there are tons of people in our community that just are hardcore Disney fans. They want Disney. They want Disney to ride out forever. I get that. I do. Me personally, like I've said... I do think the one thing that that Disney will have as a one-up to Marvel is that it will be a faster two-player game. It does feel like more of a TCG. Like we mentioned in the podcast, Marvel Villainous definitely feels like it's going for a more civilization type of vibe. And I'm so totally down for that. I think that is a totally better way to kind of handle how, like, if you're going to have all the different domains interact with each other, I think it's the best way to approach that. I mean, think of this. An actual approachable civilization-style game for your family, for Marvel fans. One up for me on that. Like, seriously, it's super awesome. Um, I'm super excited for that. I want it. I need it. Um, and it's Marvel. It's Marvel, baby. I will tell you this. I said this in Discord. At Doctor Doom, when he comes, because I know he's going to come to this game, doesn't have a card called Foot Dive. Or doesn't at least have art of him foot diving. I will be sad. I will be very, very upset. Just call it Foot Dive. Just call it Foot Dive. That's all I need. Um, one more thing I want to talk about, uh, which is gonna make a lot of people upset. And I'm and I don't mean to upset people, but I want to talk about this because this was something I want to talk about tonight because I want to get everyone's thoughts and I want to get my thoughts and feelings about this out out in the open. Compatibility. I know a lot of you here, like I said, are Disney hardcore fans and you're like, Marvel to you is just, you know, additional characters to your Disney game. I'm going to say this up front and we've already mentioned this in the Discord but I'm going to stand by this and I'll talk a little bit more about and actually evolve my opinion on this. Marvel villainous is compatible with Disney Villainous. It is. There is no denying that it can work. Having said that, though, it is not part of this complete balanced breakfast that those games are not going to work very well. The fun factor is going to be not there. Um, and the thing is, I get it. There are going to be so, like, someone in, in Discord, I know Ditto's already probably working on it, There is so much homebrew that you can probably do to make this work. I'm being very straight up honest, though. I can, I don't want to, the homebrew does not interest me at all. I think that takes way too much effort. There's way too much fan development of trying to get that to work. And especially, like, what really clicked with me when I knew this wasn't going to work was the the Thanos Infinity Stone system. Yeah, Thanos giving someone an Infinity Stone and them not having an activate action to use it because they're from Disney would be sad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just the like the whole purpose of those infinity stones being given to the other players is that you can use their their ability. Me as the scar player, I can't use those effects. I mean, it, it's funny cuz I know I know I've, some people have been talking about giving all the infinity stones to Radigan so you can wield the infinity gauntlet and then Bartholomew you can have all the stones. I think it's hilarious. But it's not, it's it's not, compa- not going to be fun, guys. It's not going to be compatible. I don't want to break your hearts. Um, and that's why even on Amazon, it literally in the product descriptions, it says not compatible with other villainous games. I mean, like I said, you can make it work. Like on paper, you could do this, but those Marvel villains are going to stop those Disney villains out of the ground. Like even the ones that are powerful. I can't even see Dr. Vasilior honestly holding his own against some of these guys. I don't think so. Um, and honestly too, it's just not, it's, it's just not gonna be fun. Like how the relocation mechanic is a huge part of this game, you know, like even with other characters too, like Hella specifically is trying to move stuff. Um, now I do know for a fact that Ditto was working on the Kingdom Hearts, um, expansion characters and he built it specifically to work with the universal fate deck as well as, um, playing as its own against Disney characters. And I have used it. And, it could, and the way that those characters are built will work with the Disney characters, but they don't have relocation mechanics. They don't. They don't have relocation. They can be played directly to other realms, but they have a cost to them. Um, there is that mechanic. There are also characters that have similar specialty type of cards, um, but they work within Disney because they're still using the Disney's core engine. They're not breaking the Disney core engine. Marvel is breaking the Disney Core engine and adding more stuff on top of it. It's just going to be really hard to make it something that's going to be fun to me personally to make it all work. Um, I just I just don't... I personally can't find myself having fun with that. Um, and don't get me wrong. Disney's still going to be an awesome game. I'm still going to play it. I love Scar. I, you know, that's still going to be a whole a special place in my heart. Um, that's not going to change, but... Mar- Marvel's not going to be really fun with Disney characters. I think it's the best way to put it. There's going to be way too much homebrew involved and there's going to be some stuff that's not going to be balanced against other characters that probably should be and it's just, it's too much of a mess. Um, so, I don't, like I said, don't want to break your guys' hearts but that's just my, th- my thoughts on the matter. I hope no one's going to, no one's going to, you know, lynch mob me by me saying that but I will. But the thing is, is that Marvel is its own beast. It was designed to be its own unique system. It is the next evolution chapter of Villainous. And that makes me happy. You know, like, all the stuff that we talk about by having an FAQ and more cleaned-up textual effects on these cards, Marvel's doing that. They're doing it. They are. They realize that. I mean, like, let's just be honest, guys. All the Disney villains are already completed. They're done. They're somewhere out there. If, If Insert Straw here is still in the chat... Just emote, if you know if you if, if emote, if you know what I'm talking about, um, just confirm what I said by just using an emote. Um, which I and you don't have to, because I know it's true. Um Well, well, I mean, whatever we get with those characters, they're probably gonna be the best design characters overall from a functionality standpoint, because they're the last characters designed, but they aren't they aren't the cleanup Marvel stuff. I'm still super excited about it. Um But yeah, Marvel's super dope. I I want, I'll put tell you this. My goal here is to get you excited to play this game, whether you are a Disney fan or a Marvel fan or both. If you are a Disney fan, my goal is to convince you to become a Marvel fan and become a fan of Marvel Villainous because it's the same engine. You still get very colorful, saturated characters. You're still defeating heroes. All that stuff is still there. Um, That is my goal as a content creator slash community leader to get you guys excited from Disney going to Marvel. Because I know a lot of you probably in the community are Disney fans hardcore. I want to also introduce you to Marvel. Because Marvel's a huge part of my life too. I literally have freaking Spider-Man Funkos and all sorts of Marvel Funkos up there. You know, I got Spider-Man Legos over here. You know, I love Marvel through and through. I own almost everything of Marvel Legendary. I own both the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Also three on my Switch. Um, I own tons of Marvel comic books. One of my absolute favorite storylines of all time is the the New Day storyline from Spider-Man and, uh, Superior Spider-Man and all that stuff. I love Marvel. Um, that is, that is my true calling. So i to chat probably right now. I was like, yeah, this guy really likes Marvel. I do. That's my tirade. That's my tirade of Marvel villainous. I'm super excited. Um... Does anyone in chat want to know any more of my thoughts and feelings on it? Because I'm just being honest. I'm really excited for this game. I am more excited for this game than I was several months ago. Like, I'll I'll tell you, when I heard playtesting stuff going on, I was a little concerned. Just because some of the stuff I was told, it sounded like it was some jank stuff going on. But now seeing what I've seen, I'm excited. I'm very excited. You mentioned Prospero Hall, Funko Ravensburger. Who will be behind the next Disney-Marvel expansions? So, I will tell you this. I do not have concrete evidence of anything. But I do know for a fact, Prospero Hall has done everything with Disney. They designed it. They are the true designers of those characters. They will push it to Ravensburger. Ravensburger will make any final tweaks that they feel necessary. And that's their baby. Based off what I saw on the back of the box, it said, Design by Prospero Hall on the back of Marvel which I know for a fact that Prospero Hall laid the groundwork for Marvel. Ravensburger took that groundwork and then finished it. Now, you have to understand that was started in early of 2019. And I do not know how many villains that they developed at the same time as the core five that we're getting in this core box. I do not know if Ravensburger will be the complete leads on all those characters or maybe some of the groundwork was already developed for those characters or they had like, all right, here's our two- or three-year plan, you know, here are the villains we know we want to do, you know, when are we going to release these, Um, all that stuff. Like, what do we know what the mechanics are going to be? You know, stuff like that. Um, Because something else interesting to note is that there is no move a hero action. And I can see some things with, like, maybe if you play with Magneto, Magneto's got, like, the whole uh, magnetical force thing so he can push and pull stuff. I can see him doing that with heroes. Um, and stuff. But I don't know if they'll maybe say that for an effect card instead. I don't know. But yeah, I think, um, I think Ravensburger will probably be taking over most of the develop- development on that, but maybe some of the groundwork for those villains were developed by Prospero. So, um, and on- honestly, like, Prospero Hall has done a fantastic job, and they've obviously shown Ravensburger they can do a really amazing game design engine, and if Ravensburger can take that engine and build build on top of it and cool stuff just shows you how awesome that engine is. You know, I think, uh, I will say this, the villainous engine is probably one of the best tabletop engines built to work off of, um, like, in existence. Like, period. I mean, that's why, like, it's being almost promoted like a Monopoly. Or one of those um, Rising games that the op does with, like, Thanos and Harry Potter. They got the Star Wars one with Darth Vader. I mean... The reason why they make make different themes off those games is because those engines are popular. And what's awesome about Villainous, because unlike Monopoly, Monopoly, you still got to keep the same framework. You got to keep the same properties with the same value numbers, the same effects from the chance and the, the treasury cards. Uh, Villainous, you can, the whole purpose of the game is to be thematic. But they have this core engine that everything's built around. So if you can build an improved engine... And put that stuff in there, you're good. It's just the same thing with like developing better game engines for video games. You know, like you get Unreal 3, that goes to Unreal 4, and then Unreal 5. You know, it's the same deal. That's why the custom scene for this game is so big because the engine that was built here is just insane. It's insane. And I actually think the Marvel engine is going to actually open up for other characters to be customized and have a better overall you know, groundwork for them because of the relocation mechanic and the starting your turn on your portrait and things like that. You know? Super good. Super good. So yeah. I'm just pouring out my guts tonight, guys. I may as well just start like ferociously crying on stream. That's what I should do. But um Yeah. That's Marvel. We got anyone else want to know anything from me personally? Any more thoughts and opinions? Anything else you guys anything else you folks want to know? Anything at all? Because if not I think I'm gonna go hop off I'm gonna go play some video games I'm gonna play some Grand Theft Auto I'm gonna play some Spongebob Um, Yeah I'll wait, because I know the chat's delayed. All I am going to do, though, is that as soon as I'm done with this, I am going to upload this to uh, to YouTube's and uh, podcast services around the globe. I got to ask, Jack, who are you most excited for to come to Marvel? And what are you most excited about? That's what I want to know. I want to know what you guys are most excited about. Because I just sat, I sat here for almost an hour and a half talking about my stuff. Glad I found the stream to share all the villainous love. Well, thank you. I, you know, I tell people I generally do love this game, and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I want people when they talk about this game to also love this game. You know, I know this game is kind of marketed as a game that you pick up at Target or at Walmart, you know, and that means it's kind of trying to gear towards a more casual audience. But this game, as we proved with the tournament, this game is so. So much strategy and so much depth at its core in a competitive environment that there's just so much more to discover. And we've this game has now been almost out for two years at this point, with if if you're counting Disney, and there's still stuff we're discovering with characters that have been released two years ago. You know, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of Evil Comes Prepared. You know, and we, and like, we're still diving into the perfectly wretched characters. And then we know for a fact that we're going to get more Disney characters. I'm excited. I'm super stoked. All right, chat. Any lasting questions? Because I'm going to go ahead. And if there's not any more, call the stream. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Um, Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, Tomorrow. Tomorrow we're doing another deep dive. Our first guest deep dive. Um, We are having Cincinnatus join us to talk about Yizma. Talk about the new Yizma strats that we have discovered thanks to Cincinnatus that have actually proven relatively well to make Yizma probably a very much more viable character at least in the competitive environment, um, or if you just want to make sure that Yzma is not completely just going to break your soul when you play her. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. I'm just going to re- kind of let Cincinnati drive the show tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that's tomorrow. And then Wednesday, um, Wicked League prologue is going to start. Uh, we are starting our the prologue to the Wicket League for Disney Villains, where we're going to have some competitive matches up on stream and people are going to be playing like crazy. Um, playing their best, playing the competitive. I might be joining in on the playing as well. So, um, I hope you'll tune in for that. It's going to be cool. It's a good showcase of some more competitive stuff. We do, we do definitely want to show more of that off on the channel now, just because we've realized with the tournament really kind of accrued a large audience of people who wanted to see that. So, we want to do more of that if we can. And that's what Wednesdays are going to kind of start being. And then hopefully in August, we can officially launch the Wicked League. So, um, Yeah, that is the El Plano. So I hope you folks will tune in on those days. We'll talk more about Thursday and Friday as the days come closer. But um, until then, everybody, thank you all for watching. Um, Thank you all for listening. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and as always, stay delightfully wicked. I will see you all next time.